Good afternoon. Uh, episode two of the Christmas Tree Farming Podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, species selection of your Christmas trees and ornamentals and your soil amendments and soil testing. Uh, soil sampling uh, here in Kentucky, uh, you can go to the county extension office. Uh, we're located in Washington County. Uh, so we go to the Washington County Extension Office for the University of Kentucky. Um, relatively simple process. We can go collect our soil samples, uh, and I can go over how we do that. A, a lot of people uh, collect soil different ways, uh, using a shovel or tillage, and then collecting your, uh, your sample. Um, I use a soil sampling probe, which is kind of a... A small spherical uh, I guess hollow pipe that has a cutout piece in it that the cutout piece is maybe 8 to 10 inches uh, the overall probe itself is maybe only about two foot three foot long with the, with the handle on it and you and you would shove that into the ground you know as far as you can and then you would pull it out and then it will provide you you know in the cutout part what we call a core and you know, from that core, you would actually get your soil sample. And the method uh, that I use for a planting block is I typically get eight to 12 cores, uh, kind of the front part, the middle part, and the back part, maybe a zigzag pattern, just kind of randomly, honestly, uh, and get eight to 12 cores. And I have two buckets. So, you know, for we're, we got coming up uh, planting field two, uh, going to get planted this spring for for us. So our uh, I had two buckets. I had an A bucket and a B bucket. And our A bucket is the the soil that is from the ground uh, level, like just below the grass, to four inches. So from zero to four inches goes of the core goes into the bucket A, and then from four inches down to about eight inches, you know, roughly. Well, put that into the B bucket. And what that does for us is, is gives us a little bit more consistent soil sample. Uh, a lot of people um, don't do that. Uh, I don't know that it's required. Uh, it, it really just depends on what you're planting and, you know, the root depth and things like that. But uh, for us, I like to have the, the numbers so that I can understand what the top four inches, the soil uh, pH and fertility is, and then also, you know, the bottom four inches. Uh, or the next four inches, um, and then we, you, like I say, you go, you go to your eight to twelve spots. You take a core, top four at bucket A, bottom four, next four, bucket B. And you do that for the whole planting block, or for all the planting blocks that you want to do for, and then have you know separate buckets. And then I typically, I will collect those. I'll let those buckets you know dry out for a few days in the barn, and then you know crumble it up. Uh, sift, sift through it a little bit and you know and then you're mixing all those all together to kind of get a median you know estimate for your soil for that block and then I take I take the bags marked you know uh, 2a and 2b um, to my county extension office and they are kind enough to uh, accept those here uh, for free we they don't even charge us um, and and you just provide the species of you know, plant or vegetable or grass that you're growing. And then when they run the, when they run the pH test or they run this whole soil fertility test, um, they will give the county extension agent 
for us, you know, he'll give a, a recommendation on, uh, fertility that you need to do and pH. So that's kind of how we do, um, our soil sampling. Um, why that matters. Uh, I have spot over the course of the past couple of years, we've talked to, uh, several Christmas tree farmers or people that do hobby farms and several, uh, professional Christmas tree farmers. And the difference really being, uh, some people grow a handful of Christmas trees on the side for their, their close friends and family, you know, up to a hundred trees planted every year. Uh, and then some people are kind of in the middle. Uh, they plant three or 400, maybe up to 500 trees every year, uh, for just you cut. Um, and then we, and we've talked to some that, or, you know, 500 to 1,000 or even two, 3,000 or more at some of these meetings, you know, the, some of these guys from, you know, Vermont and Connecticut, you know, they're planting upwards of 10 to 20,000 trees every year uh, because they have either they're a wholesale tree farm or or they do a small U-cut, you know, 10 to 15 acres U-cut and the rest of it's wholesale. Um, but what I've gathered, you know, and this, and this carries over for, for me, you know, just understanding how to, you know, plants and in the pH levels and stuff like that. And in tobacco, my grandfather did, you know, understanding the pH levels, uh, pH is a big deal. Uh, obviously fertility is, is a huge deal too, but if your pH isn't correct, then no matter what your fertility is, it will not matter because those nutrients will be locked up in the soil because depending on the, the species of tree that you select, it needs a certain, you know, pH, right? Or, or water temperature, as I've been told, you know, of an analogy. Um, and you want that tree to be comfortable in its pH, right? You know, like if you wanted to go swimming, you want to be comfortable in the, in the wa- temperature of water that you like. Um, if you don't like the temperature of the water, you're going to be quick to get out of it, right? And that's kind of like a pH for a tree. If you, if you put it in the right spot, he's going to want to stay in there. And it, what that really means is, if the pH is right, then it will uptake the right nutrients um, that it needs to survive. And every tree has its own fertility requirements where the, you know, the fir trees are a lot higher and the demand for those nutrients. Um, and they typically require a more acidic soil, uh, which isn't common for this, for my area where it's more limestone rich ground and the pH is natively higher, which is great for growing a lot of things. Um, but it's not, it's not relatively great initially for, for growing fir trees. It's fine to grow, you know, like a Virginia pine and, and, and some of the spruces, but native fir tree, you know, there is a native fir tree, but growing fir trees in general, it is not set by default. Um, but saying that species selection, uh, we may have mentioned it previously, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're planning to be a primarily Canaan or Canaan fir uh, tree farm. Uh, you cut operation with with the hopes of expanding to wholesale on our larger acreage uh, later. But for the most part, we're going to we're going to specialize in you cut uh, Canaan firs. And uh, the reason we selected the Canaan fir because it's more tolerant to a uh, a more diverse range of pHs. It's it's also more tolerant to a slightly heavier soil. And it and from what we've learned through communication. Um, not necessarily experience is the canine fur is more tolerant of the ground around us. The other people within, a, you know, a hundred miles of us, if you go look at the USDA uh, soil surveys, there's people growing 
canine furs and, 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 and other fur varieties with the same USDA soil type um, in Kentucky that we have. Um, so while that matters, we, we selected our, our variety. We know we want, you know, some farms choose one selection of tree and some choose two. We, at least at this point, we've, we've decided we want to have, we want to have three selections of trees. Uh, we will have 70 or more percent in canane fir at this time. Uh, but we, we would like to have one fir tree, one pine tree and one spruce tree as an offering for people to choose. And, and it just, where I've landed species-wise, knowing my soil, at least the native soil type, uh, canane fir for our fir, uh, Virginia pine, you know, or shrub pine, or scrub pine, like some people call, uh, for our pine tree, because it's, you know, it'll allow the higher pH natively. And then a black hill spruce, which is a white fir, uh, but it is a version of the white fir that is slightly uh, higher than the uh, needle retention, uh, where if if anybody knows the Norwegian fir is is a beautiful tree and it grows really fast, but once you cut it, you have about seven to ten days really before needles start dropping, which is bad business if you're trying to sell Christmas trees to people and and, and you know and they buy it Black Friday and then by the middle of December the needles are falling out and they're mad. So, um, you know, as a U dig or a ball and burlap Norwegian firs great or norwegian sorry norwegian uh spruce but we're going to go with the black hill spruce from uh experience and talking to people the white fir is a lot better with needle retention you know about three weeks and then the black hill spruce actually doesn't have quite the smell of the the white fir where the white fir native white fir has kind of a stinky smell when you squish the needles it kind of they call it like the cat urine smell or a skunk skunk spruce where the, the Black Hill spruce gets all the benefits of the white fir, you know, the needle retention, but not quite the smell. It actually has almost no smell that we can smell. Uh, so that's that's the three types that, that we landed on. So knowing those requirements and those species and what their pH level requirements are, they all, they all minus the Virginia pine, even the Virginia pine, they all really want a, a six and a half uh, maximum pH. And the reason we selected those three species is because they all will be comfortable at the upper end in the six and a half okay uh yes we're we're going to try to get our soil ph down into the 6.0 range uh, but we wanted to plant we wanted to plant species in our soil that we knew that would at least be somewhat healthy in the in the native ph because um we have calcium carbonate in our soil here and it's a lot of limestone what that means is even when we amend the soil the the native ph comes back over time so it's a it's a constant battle um our our first block of soil we took our soil samples getting back on track we went we got our soil samples back for you know block two and and, in the native soil ph there was uh was 7.1 from zero to four inches and it was 6.8 at four to eight inches in depth uh and like i mentioned uh had a lot of calcium in the soil really high calcium uh due to the calcium carbonate you know limestone in the ground uh we had a really high base saturation level which you you know you want a saturation level of 60 to 65 percent but our our saturation level was actually 88 percent uh 
you know, based on all those things, we knew, you know, the Canane fir, Virginia pine, and the Black Hill spruce were really kind of what's more suited to where our, our soil really is, uh, taking in the, uh, the micronutrient levels as well. Um, we knew uh, we, we've got to use elemental sulfur. So uh, our field prep starts, um, you know, we, we've only had this farm for a little amount of time. So the field prep really has to start a year out, at least a year out for lowering soil pH. Um, so the fields that we're working on now are fields that we won't plant for over a year. And some of these fields we won't plant for several years. Um, uh, field two will be planted, uh, which will be next year now. Uh, so we still have over a year to plant this field. So we'll check soil um, tests on it every year. Uh, we'll check it again this this coming spring uh, before we plant field 1B. And then, we'll, you know, we'll, we're hoping that our, our, our pH and everything is going to be a lot better. Um, but we'll plant, we apply we apply elemental sulfur to the ground. So what, what we do, uh, based on the extension uh, guidance, we'll plant, We'll, uh, we'll broadcast elemental sulfur, which comes in like a chickpea kind of uh, 50 pound bag. And then we'll also broadcast our, you know, our, our uh, nitrogen, potash and uh, et cetera, you know, our fertilizer, our regular fertilizer, which we get a, I think we use a triple 19 just for overall field upkeep. You've got to do your, you've got to do your numbers on that. You know, your, your extension office is going to say you need, you know, two or three ounces per 100 square feet. But that's actual, you know, that's two or three ounces of true nitrogen. Where if you look at, you know, where we use triple 19, that's really 20% nitrogen. So you, you got to do the math. And we can do another podcast about doing the numbers on that. But safe to say, if he says he need, you know, two ounces of nitrogen on a, on a 100, 100 square foot, you know, that's like... I think for us, it worked out to be about 80 pounds of actual nitrogen on an acre, which really is, you know, three or four times that if it's 20%, you know, five times that. So we're really looking at, you know, 400 pounds of nitrogen, uh, 400 pounds of, of, of our fertilizer spread on an acre to get that nitrogen source where we want it to be. Uh, and then elemental sulfur, we really, for our RPH to come down, you know, a whole point, you know, and soil pH is kind of on the Richter scale. I think, uh, I don't think it's called the Richter scale, but, uh, if your soil is 6.0, as far as the pH 6.1 is 10 times more, uh, alkaline, you know, than 6.0, right? So 7.0 is a hundred times more alkaline than 6.0. So it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and, and elemental sulfur and resources to get that soil down to where you really want it. Uh, so we, we, you know, we pump out probably close to a thousand pounds of sulfur on the acre. Um, it's 90% pure or 99, 90 to 96% pure, uh, elemental sulfur that we, we do. And then we incorporate that into the soil. Uh, you could not put that much sulfur onto the broadcast it onto an existing planted field. So if you, if you were to check your pH afterwards and you notice that your pH was over 6.5 and you're planting a, a fir tree, uh, you're going to have your work cut out for you because sulfur really needs to be incorporated into the soil. It really needs to be incorporated into that top zero to five inches of soil for sure. Um, it, it's a biological reaction that sulfur needs. It, it, you know, it attaches to bacteria in the ground and it takes heat and water 
and time to adjust that pH level because it ends up creating an acid that actually creates, you know, it, it uh, attacks the, uh, the limestone in the ground, neutralizing it. So we do a lot of prep. We, we, we incorporate a lot of sulfur in the ground and, and, then, and then every year we're going to have to check these fields to see what their pH. Hopefully the pH goes down. There's no guarantee that it will. Uh, if you have, if you have enough calcium carbonate in the ground, uh, you could, you could dump out 40 tons of elemental sulfur and you still might only lower it half a percent or half a point because of it, it takes so much just to neutralize what you already have. Um, so we're going to do our best, you know, we, we're going to do that and then, um, check it again next year in, in, in the hopes that we've moved it down far enough that it's in that prime range. Um, but if we don't, there are other things that you can do. So along with, uh, doing the elemental sulfur and getting the prep on the ground, uh, you know, your fields pri- prior, at least one year out, if not two years out, um, when you plant the trees, um, you want to make sure you're using the top, you know, the, the, the more bottom dirt. When we, when we use an auger to uh, plant our trees, the, the goal is, is we want that lower pH soil. So we're actually using probably the more middle to bottom soil when we plant this thing back and not trying to use a lot of the, the top layer because it's so, so rich in limestone or, or these previous fields have been, you know, uh, limed to death, you know, tobacco fields and such. So, we will use some of the middle dirt, the most, most dirt. And my, my soil here, we're lucky. It's, it's a, not a really heavy clay. It's a, it's a medium, you know, I'd say a medium, medium clay loam. It's definitely not uh, sandy, but it, it's not as, it's not as heavy clay in most of the areas. Um, so that works for us. We have uh, field selection. I like to go into that a little bit uh, as it, as it does matter, you know, you're setting up your field and how you want each field to be, uh, for us, uh, our field selection, we're, we're setting up an area and our, our property is not like a, a really natural flowing straight flat field. Just like most Christmas tree farms are not straight flat fields because if they were, they would probably have corn or soybeans on them. Uh, so our property is rolling Hills. Uh, and it's, uh, the property itself is about 30 acres, I, I think I'd said, and it surrounds our house. So our house kind of sits in the middle of this farm with our barn and our, and our, uh, another barn. We have two barns kind of up front of the property, which will be the, the spot for a parking lot and, and, and the sales tent and etc. Um, but we, we setting up, so each, each field block is going to be approximately one acre. Um, some smaller, some larger, but we're basing every block to be about one acre. Um, I use Google Earth kind of to plot that out, which is a really great tool. Um, we're planting rows on eight foot rows. So our rows are eight feet apart and the trees currently are seven foot apart, but I am doing some thoughts on that and we may go to six foot apart on the trees. But as it stands right now, our, and what we've got planted and what we're planning to plant, we're going eight foot rows with seven foot apart, which limits our number per acre for our trees, but it does make it so much easier to mow and, and get in and out. Um, and we have the extra acreage. So as it is right now, we're going to stay with that. Uh, and then 
uh, through each of our fields, each of our acre fields, we have a 20-foot break, which is basically a utility road that um, that goes down the middle of the property and kind of circles around the back part of the property, uh, but it stays in the middle between the fields. So there's fields on each side of it as you go. Um, and then around the border, we have a fence that borders our, our entire farm. Uh, and then right next to the fence is also another 20-foot break, but that that's not going to get graveled or anything. That's just for tractors and lawnmowers and kids' toys and stuff like that. Uh, but the the path that goes through the farm, starting at the barn, uh, it, it is graveled or it will be graveled. We're going to gravel that probably about one field every year. Um, as we plant it, it'll it'll kind of be we'll plant it we'll plant that farm and we'll gravel it and we're kind of getting you know ready for years to come. There's no reason to gravel the whole thing right away. We just need to gravel what we need to get to every year. So makes it a lot easier and a lot less expensive. Planting, uh, I mentioned uh, kind of our planting setup. We uh, we till up our rows. So we lay out, we'll lay out that acre and the rows are typically 250 to 300 feet long right? And then we'll just lay out ever how many rows that needs to be an acre. Um, usually around 28, 20, 20 rows, 20 to 21 rows for us is going to be about an acre. Um, and based on our, our tree allotments, you know, that's anywhere between 35 to 45 trees in a row. It just really depends on where we start the row and that but 40 trees a row is is about right it's just less than 300 feet we use uh once we once we lay out the rows we we use uh stakes and string and twine and we'll lay out our rows we'll lay out the the boundaries for the left and the right boundary and we'll square it up and we will measure and then we will i use uh you know boundary marker to kind of mark it off and then we lay out each of the rows so they're you know eight foot apart and then we we paint out the lines um, so that we can go back through. I use a subsoiler. It's a three-point attachment that I use on the back of the tractor. And uh, again, we have medium clay here. Uh, some areas heavy clay, but most areas kind of a medium clay. Uh, where after after seven or eight inches, it gets to really kind of the hard pan. I guess is the term. Uh, some of it hits, gets really hard. Um, so we use the subsoiler down each row I, I go down each row two or three times right down the middle of the row the, it's the same area that we would plant the tree to kind of open it up for drainage again knowing your species if you're planting fir trees you better have you know good drainage you know not not fair drainage or poor drainage but good drainage uh, most of the fir trees do not like wet feet uh, the canaan does just a little bit better but still does not like wet feet so have good have good drainage uh, if it's really wet, you might want to look at planting something else like a Leland Cypress or a Virginia Pine. The uh, once we once we do that, we come back through, we till it again. I till over top of it. We, we're tilling we're tilling down the rows two or three times and subsoiling it, like I say, two or three times each row. And then we come back with our string. I've got a three hundred foot string that's got a uh, a seven foot uh, marker marked every seven foot so we put the string down and we paint it we go through we we paint the line we paint exactly where each tree is going to be on on each row uh which takes a significant amount of time but boy does it make it easy when it's time to dig the holes and plant the trees um 
This year we used a uh, an auger. Uh, I used a handheld earthquake auger that you can get at Tractor Supply or Rural King. Uh, I used an 8-inch auger this year because that's what I had. And it's really good for digging posts. And it's really good for setting pre-dug or uh, potted pl- potted trees. But it's a little bit too big and it required a little bit too much manpower because it's an 8-inch and it, it moves a lot of earth. We will uh, we will be switching to a six inch auger after talking to several people and learning from people that a lot of people use the four to six inch auger. Um, forestry department especially uses a six inch auger planting all their seedlings up to uh, two twos, three twos. So we will we will use a six inch auger this year, which will move less dirt. Uh, we're gonna we dig the hole out uh, going in. Uh, about 18 inches. We'll dig it about 18 inches deep, so that'll make it significantly easier. Uh, because we have the, uh, we don't have heavy clay, so when we use the auger, in very few places does it make like a uh, a shiny hole. If that if that makes sense, it's not smooth. Uh, our dirt kind of just falls apart. It is kind of the medium loamy soil. But if the, when we plant the trees, if a hole does look shiny or if the sides are really slick, we use a screwdriver or something and we scratch those sides up because you don't want to plant a tree into a an augered hole if it's perfectly smooth all the way around and shiny because the roots won't go out. Like it'll be a wall for the roots to hit. So you really got to kind of scratch it up a little bit. Uh, we don't have that problem here, but I wanted to mention it in case someone's like, well, he, he used an auger and it was perfect. Uh, the auger does help with planting survival. I'll tell you, you know, the roots, as long as you know how to plant the tree, and we'll go over that in future uh, podcasts, the auger helps, you know, get you a bigger hole, a deeper hole, and lots of loose dirt to plant. You know, you can plant the tree correctly, and, and higher survivability rates been proven. Um, we are considering uh, talking to some people. I, I know that people that need lime they will slap some powdered lime in their hole when they plant the, their trees in the bottom of the hole, not directly on the roots, but in the bottom of the hole. So it'll be there for years to come. I'm open to discussion on, could we use uh, cow sulfur, like the powdered cow, sul- cow sulfur you would add to their feed? Could we, could we throw some of that in the bottom of our holes to also help uh, with long-term, you know, soil pH? So uh, that's up for debate. That's going to bring us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Today was on uh, soil pH and taking your soil samples and field selection and setup. I would like to go more into the planning and field setup uh, in a further podcast, but we've kind of run out of time. Uh, If you have any questions or concerns, feel free. Uh, Give me an email. It's it's Sissel, C-I-S-S-E-L-L, treefarm at gmail.com, or you can hit us on the website. It's uh, Christmas Tree ky.com. We're also on Instagram, Sissel Tree Farm. Thank you and bye.